Hey everybody, Alex Shaw here with your Scott Risk Performance Podcast. Try not to laugh is Frank Gonzalez from Moore's Electrical and Welcome. Grins at me and, and tries to make... He was doing a little bit of stand-up before we, we got started, and so I just got through the intro, and now I'll hand it over to you, Frank. You run with it. Thanks for, uh, for leading the charge for us today. Otherwise known as Frankie White, white Pants. pants. <laughs> and I'm wearing them right now, my white <laughs> pants, a little tighter than normal. No, but you do have the uh, the the uh, nice button down with the cuffs rolled up, floral exposing cuff. the floral pattern. It's a beautiful thing. Keep myself in an emotional peak state. People remember that <laughs> rule number one. <laughs> the cu- is it uh, is it the cuffs make the man? Is I don't that know what, what it is. Yeah, it's not the shoes. The cuffs make the man. Is, is it? Let's the just suit? go with that. And let's say the cuffs, the pants. Well, I don't have any cuffs, so <laughs> we are in Charlottesville. At the Moore's uh, Charlottesville location, um, this place is awesome. I mean, this this warehouse building is looks brand new. It's uh, you said you said it had been around for a little. Yeah, bit. it's been around for quite a while. So we just wrapped up with one of our uh, quarterly breakfasts that we do that we host in Charlottesville and in Richmond, just to get a few folks together to leverage the the collective knowledge that that um, is seated around when we when we put our heads together. And, and this morning we were talking about. Hiring, onboarding, recruiting, retaining, and and hit on all sorts of things. But before we got to that, we were talking about your um, your uh, moonlighting as a billy goat or a mountain goat. So maybe talk to us about uh, hiking or running Worcester in <laughs> British Columbia, <laughs> and 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 then your recent uh, sixty three minute Virginia ten miler uh, record breaking for you run. Um, yeah, I think I told everybody the story of why I even started running, and I'm not your typical runner. Um, I was 235 pounds. Doctor says you're overweight. And you're not 6'5". So I'm not 6'5". <laughs> I'm 5'6". I'm the opposite. <laughs> Flip those. And 235 apparently falls under the obese category, so I decided to do something about it, and I started running. And it turns out that ultra running has two of the best things that a guy like me wants is you can run and um, and then you can eat while you run. So I decided I figured that. <laughs> yeah. So we know. So Frank, Frank is in incredible shape, um, but he does he does like to eat. Frank and I had an occasion to be um, on a on a trip together, and we were uh, they were making last call at the bar, and and I'm like. Uh, they come and they go, and Frank's still sitting there. I'm like, Frank, they're not going to serve you anymore. He's like, I'm waiting for my pizza. <laughs> and it was like 1 a.m. <laughs> 1 <think>. in the morning. <laughs> I was hungry, man. He's got to get that carbs throughout the night. How many calories do you think you take in a day in, in training? You've got a 50-mile race coming up. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I don't really worry about the calories too much. If I I just eat what I want. I'm yeah. a sucker for ice cream. Last night at 9.30, I got to eat some ice cream. If I don't eat ice cream... <laughs> What's your flavor? Struggling. So I'm a big cookie dough fan. You are yeah. cookie dough, chocolate chip. It, cookie what what dough. brand? Uh, Turkey Hill. Turkey. Interesting. Hill. That's my favorite. Interesting. I'm a sucker for it. I like the uh, anything with. Mo- Unfortunately, my favorite doesn't go hand in hand with trying to go to bed. It's you know something with coffee espresso, flavored, coffee, yeah. that kind of thing. Well, well the last uh, we, the last podcast we did, we had uh, Eldon Cruz on, who uh, you know came into the industry from wanting to be a translator and 
was hoping to sort of do freelance translation, and that that sort of brought him into the safety and risk management area. You're also bilingual, and what what give us a little background on Frank Gonzalez? How I got into it. It, it was funny that I was a school teacher for uh, seven years. I was um, I taught Spanish, and uh, I loved it. I taught Spanish to a bunch of um, sixth and seventh graders, and so that was pretty fun. And uh, started moonlighting a little bit on the weekends and translating some um, some programs for uh, a company here in Virginia. And what I found out is their programs were they just sucked. I mean, the, Sp- <laughs> the Spanish I mean was sucking the videos. And so then they said, "Hey, would you mind teaching some of them on the side?" And uh, so I started doing that a little bit. And and finally, I told the owner, I said, your guys aren't learning anything. I mean, really, if I had to read this and I was a Spanish-speaking individual, I, I would sign the paper because I want the job. But at the end of it, they don't learn one bit. And so at that point, she said, how about you come in and just teach the classes for us? And uh, I said, no, because I love teaching. And she says, whatever you make right now, I'll double it. That's a surefire way to Yes. Any inflated uh, a salary so, by yeah, 50%. And, and for being a teacher's salary, I went there. I still love to teach. I teach in a different way now. But the funny thing is Morris has like five Hispanics now. So I don't get to use it as much as I want to. But huh. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's all. And they all speak English, so I really don't have to do a whole lot of translating anymore. But but I help out other companies with with that part being bilingual, and I it's still my passion to make sure that companies are teaching their people and whatever communication, whether it's Spanish or whatever, it goes long as that that they're just learning in the way that they need to to learn. So, do you consider yourself a teacher? I your, do. If so, someone asked me if they said, "What money aside, what would you do?" I would be teaching. I love teaching. Probably in middle school too. For some reason, those little rugrats and crazy <laughs> people—they're just young enough where they're not like, "Oh, you know, everybody's horrible and they know everything." But they're they're old enough to to kind of that's what that's what life. Out. So that PJ Fleck, that's what PJ Fleck says. If he wa- if he wasn't a college football coach, he'd be a middle school teacher. Yeah, that's exactly what I was. Saying. I would have I wouldn't have drawn that. That, that that correlation between interest in in um, coaching and being a, in middle school, but I, I guess they're, they're, they're I love it. Teaching is really cool. Well, you you've done some unique teaching things recently at Moore's. Talk about some of those sort of ways to educate. That. So, um, a couple things that I did at Moore's coming in is is I hate the word and and don't don't be offended if it, the word safety to me is always brought up just. It's not a teaching word. You know, for me, it's always, it's a compliance-driven word. When someone talks about safety, I'm just like, oh, man. I, I don't even like when someone introduces me as, hey, this is the safety director. I, like, cringe when I hear that. So I'm just like, I got to do it a different way. You know, it's like I'm, I'm creating these business cards, and my business cards are actually going to say uh, coach, like, part, whatever, Moore's coach or something. So that way someone always has to answer, ask, like, what the heck do you do for Morris? And I said, I'm their coach. <laughs> and yeah. and then uh, at some point, if they give me five minutes and buy me a beer, I'll explain it to them. <laughs> but if they don't buy me a beer, I won't explain <laughs> it to them. So that's the caveat there. Uh, um, so always something. Always you're something. always looking for something. <laughs> I am aren't always you, looking for something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple things that I did was I wanted to change our name from safety program. We changed it to partner protection because honestly, at the end of the day, that's what we do. I mean, that's what. Where construction people and the guys love, I mean, 
They most of them carry guns. Most of them hunt. Most of them fish. So at the end of the day, they protect themselves and they protect their family. And so I'm just like, hey, how about we just pull that into what we do here at Moore's? Is and so we created our program, which is now Partner Protection, and then we created our mission out of that, which is. What do we do every day? We protect ourselves and we protect everybody around us. I mean, if we can do those two things, our mission every single day. So every video I create, every pamphlet that goes out, every email, it's going to have that protect yourselves and protect those around you. Because honestly, I think if we can do those two things well, I mean, that's kind of our program in a nutshell. That's our mission, I guess. Yeah. So you, you're a pretty high level guy, uh, you know, high, high energy guy. And uh, they, there's and a high level, high level. Yeah, Super thank you. He's thank a high you. level yeah. five six guy. <laughs> <laughs> but th- there's a degree of that high energy that's contagious to folks, uh, um, and I would imagine that's had positive impl- implications here at Morse. Just bringing, you know, positivity, energy um, to to the table. Uh, what are what are some of the things that you do? Just maybe even outside of work that energize you, that get you motivated for. Um, for for meeting each day because this is a role that can be a, a little bit challenging. Um, it, it feels a little bit like you're beating your head against a wall uh, on occasion, and right. and so it takes some real fortitude and and um, you know st- stickiness to continue to get after it every day in a way that you do. And that you know whenever I'm around you, it's it's there's always excitement. Everybody's always excited to be around Frankie White Pants. I'm on a drug called Frank Gonzalez. That's what I'm on. Actually, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I'm not sure a lot of people think he's he's a nut, and he is he a nut. He is a nut. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that he teaches is like how how can we um, we want to live life on our terms? And really, at the end of the day, um, what that comes down to is living life on 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 our own emotional terms. And so for me, it's like every day, what can I do to get myself in an emotional peak state? I mean, what, no matter what's happening around me, my kid's going crazy, my wife's doing, the, you know, or work when you see people and all they want to do is complain is what keeps me in an emotional peak state. So I wake up, I, uh, I go for a run. Throughout my run, I do this, these, um, it's called a priming exercise, and it's a specific type of breathing to get myself in like this peak crazy state. And sometimes that just comes from running. And then I go to three things that uh, I'm grateful for, that like real specific things. Like, you know, when, when I'm thinking of uh, zip lining, that, like what I felt at that specific time and try to remember and actually feel that feeling. It wasn't what Jimbo so, felt because he broke the yeah, sound that's barrier. that's true. <laughs> Jimbo. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, we'll save that for another conversation. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I think of these three grateful things, and then I go through these, um, just talk about these breathings on how to heal myself, and then I come up with three specific goals that I want that day and they're not like crazy goals it's like I'm going to look at my children and I'm going to look at them in the eyes and just enjoy them yeah and so I check that off that day and so I'm looking and at the job site I'm going to tell everybody that I see I love them like personally tell them I'm I love them and they hate it some of them love it (laughs) sometimes it's just like I'm going to hug every single guy that I see today and whether they like it or lo- and that's my goal for that day. And so at the end of the day, if I've accomplished, I'm like, I just hugged everybody, you know. Yeah. So those are those three specific goals. But I, I live life, or I try to. I don't do it all the time, but on my own emotional ter- terms is kind of what I do. So you stepped away from Moore's for two years, three mm-hmm. years? Two years. Um, 
and and went and worked with a whole myriad of sort of high-level companies in in sort of the captive consulting world world what what did you learn in that time that that you've brought back to to sort of your work with Moors? Um, probably the biggest thing for me is just, I mean, I guess every company that that was in the captive realm, I mean, it's kind of preaching to the choir, I say this a little bit, because all of them were just really wanting to do the next level. You know, what's the next level for me? How do I, it's not just about money. So I, I got around, you know, I managed around 75 companies throughout the United States, and what I have saw from them is every single one of them wanted, what's the next level? And, and so, um, and every single one of them was looking towards like, hey, who's going to bring me to that next level? And for me, I think my biggest point there was um, how can I bring that back to Moore's and to any other company? I think the biggest thing I learned is professionally, like for me getting to the next level. Honestly, I have to, um, there are some awesome things that I needed to do, like to professionalize myself. I'm always full of energy, but sometimes that energy is like, Bon Jovi song going down in a blaze of glory. I mean, really, it's like it's fire. But at the same time, I torched a lot of stuff, uh, you know, because I didn't know how to how to come back and put that in an actual strategy. Yeah. And someone that's just excited all the time, that's awesome. But if you can't put it into a strategy and that strategy go work for every single company, then what's the point of being excited? Right. So I think probably for me, Jim, but to answer that question is. I put I was able to put a strategy with the excitement that I had and and which which makes the company that I work for now Moore's and any company that I go around I can actually give you a strategy that um, I think is going to work to help improve the culture and program and you know things like that so we we talk about sort of the elements of change and transition as being um first and foremost, sort of recognition and awareness of, of what you're trying to do. And, and then the second part is motivation and, and really desire to do it. And, I mean, that that's where you're at your strongest in, in sort of that motivation and that, and, the, and that desire. And I think that shows up in your life and running and just all the stuff that you talked about. Um, but I think that has to be met with an organization that, that feels the same way. So um, talk about your sort of marriage with Moores and, and, and how that's working. Right. So you're, for sure, I mean, like I said, I guess you can have some fire, but if other people aren't fired around you, you know, that's, that's going to put it out. And so one thing for Moores is uh, – Andy, I know he had a podcast with you guys mm-hmm. earlier at some point. He's the president of Moore's. And there is not one thing that that guy, if I bring up or say or, you know, I'm burning here and he knows there's a flame going, there's not one thing that he's just, I never have to fight against that, ever, not one time. Matter of fact, I'm like, hey, here's 10 different ideas. He's like, awesome, run with them and let's see what, let's see what happens. And 
I've never had to fight over them for finances or financial. The CFO, he, he's like, hey, you're you're a little bit over budget, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> once in a while. And uh, But I'm like, you know, I, I'm always giving them a hard time. I'm like, you can't put money on safety, you know, or something. I'm always giving them some stupid spiel like that. But um, at the end of the day, um, no That'd be one, protection, Frank, so, protection. Exactly, partner protection. That's right. At the end of the day, no one at in the company pushes back on anything when it comes to having the equipment having the proper protection the money that we put into um cooking people's lunches and videos and all these different things not one person from the company would ever look back and say that was a waste of money or resources or anything like that and so when you have that freedom there's when you can have the freedom in that company there's really no failing you know before so, that so you feel like the partner protection team sort of goes all the way to the top and is engaged on a on a routine basis, not just not just sort of carte blanche, sort of we're going to give you what you need, but we're right here with you. Oh yeah, I mean there, there's an executive committee. Actually, the the term partner protection came out of I said, hey, we want to change our name. I want to change it from safety to I don't know. So managers get together and come up with the best name. And actually, um, Kevin Coral, uh, who's uh, one of our VPs um, for the company, he came up with partner protection. So it wasn't even me that coined that phrase, but uh, he came up with it, and we just ran with it. So it's it's every single manager, every single VP is in there. I mean, having having to do with the name, the mission, and I'm just there like, hey, I think we need to change the name. All right, what are we going to do? Hey, I think we need a mission. All right, what are we going to do? Hey, I think we need, you know, a code. What What are we going to do? It's not just me, carte blanche, but it's everybody, um, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, I, I see this across organizations that, that, that are, you know, propelling themselves forward on a lot of fronts, and, and there's a theme of collaboration um, and, and a theme of, of just, hey, not many people are saying, you know what, that's not really in my lane. That's not really my job. Um, there was a breakfast we had a few months back where they talked about this initiative they've had on their risk team where um, the guy came up with it, and he said, you know, he's in management, and he was like, man, this is awesome. I believe it. And his bosses basically said, yeah, that's great, but you need to go around to each location and talk to the folks in the field, and if they don't like it, then we're not – we're not doing it, right? Um, and it's so it, it's less of a, a centralized command kind of um, authoritarian uh, dictatorship, and and more of a, a collective partnership among everybody to own um, every process that I think uh, empowers a lot of the folks to to buy into the initiatives that you guys are are trying to move forward, um, and, and also creates a, an entrepreneurial spirit where. A lot of folks can perceive, hey, maybe if I come up with an idea, I can throw it on the table, and I'm not going to be shut down immediately. Right. And I think organizationally, that's a pretty powerful uh, culture to have, where, where folks feel comfortable enough to throw things out and know that the president's going to go, let's do it. Yeah. You know, try it. If it fails, that's okay. You know, we, we may fail our experiments a thousand times, but now we know a thousand things we don't want to do. Um, so I got to tell you that there, so with this partner protection, we're rolling it out. And I said, our goal was to get every single field partner. Um, and since our mission is protect ourselves and protect those around us, we went to every general contractor we were working for and said, Hey, we are going to cook a lunch and give out some shirts. But 
since our mission is protect ourselves and protect those around us, we want to feed the whole job site. And the GCs are like, why do you want to feed the whole job site? There's 120. You only have 20 people on the job site because our mission is to protect those around us. So we went out and I bought this grill from Sam's Club and I said, it's not just, we're not going to cater because, you know, bringing pizza, yeah, that's all fun, but I want to actually cook a hot dog and hamburger for everybody, hand it to them and have Andy Moore, the president, and all the other vice presidents actually serve the people. And then, uh, and before we did the spiel, I opened it up to the general contractor and I would say it in both English and Spanish on the whole job and say, hey, here's our mission. One is we want you guys to tell us if we're doing something that's going to hurt us. And by cooking this lunch, we are saying we are going to tell you if, if you're making an unsafe act and it's going to hurt you. And, and that went, that was awesome, man. That was, and at the end of each spiel, I would bring my guys in and we'd feed them and I'd give them a shirt. And I said, you guys are warriors. I know Jimbo's heard the, the spiel, but at the end of the day, for our partner protection, they are warriors. They're job is to protect themselves and then I would get everybody at the end and we'd give this warrior yell with this warrior scream this primal and it was <laughs> weird and awkward and some people liked it some people hated it but at the end everybody yelling and doing this warrior scream it it told them like this is what you, your, your job is now you know your job is a warrior and you protect yourselves and everybody around you and that was just it was awesome, and that that so. that so what what comes to mind as you talk is so much of this is unbelievably awkward. Like oh, yeah. what, what you do, I'm awkward <laughs> out I'm, with uh, out yeah. with employees. It can feel uncomfortable. It can feel awkward. And another client we work with comes to mind. They do a calendar, and they've told me that you know their their folks hate having their pictures taken, and everybody every time they come around, they're like, oh no, not this again. And yet when the calendars hit, everybody's racing to see it. And so oftentimes the, the things we're not in the moment interested in doing are some of the things we value the, the greatest. And, and so I just applaud you for, as, as Chad Hymas would say, you know, getting awkward with, with employees and with initiatives and kind of when, when you've got one foot on the ledge and you're like, should I really write this email? Should I really say this? This is kind of silly and, and awkward. Just going ahead and doing it. Because it pervades your, it's pervaded this this organization in a really positive way. Yeah. Well, I, th I think traditionally too, um, you know, the whole safety sort of field has been sort of this, you know, this is how you do it, and it's very siloed and very regimented, and it's completely inside the box. <laughs> There's nothing outside the box to it, and so when you when you think of a concept of like getting awkward. And, and, and for Chad Hymas to, to really promote that, and, and for the people out there who don't know Chad, Chad was a quadriplegic who was injured in a, in a farming accident with a, with a front-end loader. And he, he basically says that there's nothing more awkward than being a quadriplegic. And so um, challenging people to protect themselves and protect those around them uh, may involve – some difficult and challenging and, and even awkward conversations, but the companies that are willing to go there are the are, are going to be the companies that that really build um, a culture and an environment where the partners are safe. and And so I, I applaud I applaud you. You're 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 naturally dynamic and naturally you're not afraid to go there. And, and you know you mentioned earlier like 
you know, you've had some of these conversations with some longtime superintendents who just sort of go, you know, that's never going to work, and you're never going to stop coming back, are no, you? I'm not. I'm not. And and I, like I said, for what they, I guess there's worthy opposition. You know, I always think of it like that for me is not every idea. And just because I'm a, I'm a flame is going to burn everything. There's some people are just like, well, hold on. And it makes me either go back and say, well, do I really believe in that? Is that really going to work? And if I do, then I won't stop. But if it, if it's like, yeah, that's not going to work for this one, man, then I'll, I'll just let it go, man. Not every idea I have actually works. Yeah. But I, you know, (laughs) If if I looked at it, that, totally resonates. Um, and the difference is, you're in an environment where um, giving it a go is okay. And I I, I got to tell you, I sit in enough meetings where every reason in the book is thrown out as to why you can't try this initiative or give this a go um, is put on the table. And and the truth is, probably every single one of them is true. Um, that there's validity to every objection to any initiative that, that somebody in an organization wants to work on. But the danger that you run as a company is is essentially shutting down every right. idea. And there are certainly going to be failures, but, but my philosophy is, man, just give it a go. You know, take a shot, and, and the old saying, you miss 100, you know, 100% of the shots you don't take. So to throw a, a pivotal cliche in there, I think that's so true. And and you're not going to find, you know, the one unless you're throwing a bunch of darts at the board. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just sitting here laughing. Frank, Frank did a lot of – you've done a lot of little short clip videos that have been a part of your partner protection program. And uh, and, and they just have an amazing sort of um, knowledge component to it, an outreach component to it, um, even a humor component to it. Talk, talk about – how that's been and how it's received and just maybe a little background on, yeah. on that. Um, these videos, I, uh, Chad Hymas, actually, we were at a generations meeting and he said, you know, the, there's two or three minute clips that can really revolutionize your culture. And I took that and uh, I know Chad does his own, um, but I decided, you know, I want to do them very practical for our people. And so instead of doing the weekly toolbox talks like most companies do, send out an email or a paper and everybody signs and reads something, I'm just like, I don't think anybody was reading them, honestly. I don't think they were being very effective. And I don't know about you guys, but I waste a lot of my time sitting on a toilet um, watching, vid- <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching videos on my phone when I'm just bored and these dumb and two-minute videos. Talking about getting awkward. Yeah, yeah, um, but these dumb two-minute videos that I'm watching of people crashing their bikes or falling or something, I'm like, yeah. I waste a lot of my time doing that. So I said, I want to make my own waste time videos <laughs> for our own people. And uh, hopefully they're not wasting time. So I just decided to, like, I'm going to make my own toolbox talks. And some of them are going to be on accidents that we had. I'm going to get the people that were involved in the accidents. So some of them are awkward. And, um, and I'm going to get them to explain, hey, what happened? How did it happen on video? And then some of them are just funny. <laughs> and then that opened up to... Um, you know, now doing a who are you segment of the, so we have toolbox talk videos and now we have 
who are you videos where two, I interviewed two different people throughout the company and to ask them four different questions of like, you know, what do you like most about the company? What's one thing you would tell everybody that's watching this to about partner protection? And then, you know, what's something someone doesn't know about you? So it's always just weird. And it's and <laughs> but people love those who are you videos. People love the toolbox talk videos. And uh, some, I mean, like I said, it's <laughs> I won't I'll sit with. Um, if it's going to get people's attention, I'll sit with my shirt off and do a video. And some, everybody's <laughs> always like, what the heck is this guy going to do next? So, and, so one of so, the ones that, that I saw, I think you're in, in one of the beer coolers and sheets. No, I was at Sam's Club with a 24-pack tw- of PBR because the whole we were talking about hydration. you know, and, and we all drink beer or the guys that we work around. So I just was talking about hydration and and we sat there and talked about what what kind of hydration we should have, <laughs> what we should not drink, what we should drink, and it was just a great video. Well, so. I just think you know, um, because I think sort of people get into these sort of routines and this tradition that you always got to sort of go down this lane. I think getting out of the box and bringing a little energy and and making it awkward is. You know, just some things that I think you've done really well, and I, you know, I think is just great to share with people um, who maybe feel like everything's got to sort of, you know, be thought through in great detail before they step forward. And and my guess is a lot of that stuff is just spur of the moment. Yeah. It, it is, and that's why the word safety I think makes people feel like they have to be in the box. So when you can change your vocabulary and take away the word safety and now put your own vocabulary, now people don't feel like they have to be in a box. They can So change it to whatever you want to be, but change the thought process of when people think of safety, do they think of being creative outside the box or do people think of compliance and that one-lane highway? And so that's what I wanted to change in my life and change in my the company is just like we no longer think in the box. There's no box. Let's blow up that box and let's come up with something completely different. And and that's what I love about Andy. And no one no one said, Whoa, what about the box? You know, they're just like, forget the box. Let's let's move on to something different. And that's kind of where we're at right now. So Yeah, and when you think of the nuts and bolts of a traditional safety talk program, et cetera, it, it's relatively stale. And and um, uninspiring, and I think you know my 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 buddy Jimbo here um, gave me a few lessons in public speaking, and and many along the way. And I think one of the most valuable has been, you know, if if you're not able to entertain to some degree your audience, you're not even going to have their attention. And so you might have the most technical, you know, well thought out um, talk, but if nobody's listening, then you, you've lost all your audience, and, and therefore your impact. For and sure. so part of the fun is that you have so much fun with this stuff. And and even if it's just people laughing, like, like this guy Frank is a nut, um, you've got their attention, they're listening, and they hear the message, which I think is, is the battle. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I see companies that have a annual safety meeting, and uh, Frank speaks at it one year, <laughs> and they're walking in the next year going, I wonder what that guy's going to do this year. <laughs> Like, I can't wait. Yeah. Well, Frank, thank you. Uh, thanks for. Is that all the time, time we got? We we could go on as long as you want. Oh, no. what, what else do you want to talk That's about? Good. You're you're used to you're used to talking G- to yourself. Give us give the day. us give us um, 
real quickly because we don't want to overstay our welcome, but just just give us in one snapshot um, what's the next great thing you want to do here to advance so, your cause. So I'm um, the next great thing to advance the cause is I'm creating the code. And we have our name, which is Partner Protection. We have our mission. And now what is the code? The code for me is something that you will always live by. And so for me, it's uh, every Navy SEAL, every company, everything has, these are the three things we will always do. And these are the three things we will never do. And so for my, I'm, I'm getting all of our leaders together in the early November. We're going out for two days into the wilderness and running without our shirts on and all these weird things. And <laughs> at, the, at the end of those three days, for a partner protection, every single leader in the company is going to say, these are the three things we will always do. And these are the three things we will never do. I don't know what those are yet, but I'm putting it out there because once we have the code, every single, all 600 people are going to know this is the three things we always do. This is three things we I never got do. one of the nevers. I will never run again without my <laughs> shirt on in the woods with uh, Frank Gonzalez. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> you got to get awkward. So that that's our next big thing. And four years from now, anybody that works for the company, if you see them, if you ask them, hey, what's your code? I want them to be able to say that. And How about in Spanish? How would you say that in Spanish? So, las reglas. Well, that, that's more like rules, the rules. I don't know. I, I'd say like, I'd say like, La vida, you know what I mean? That means the life. Like, what's your life about? And personally, this is helping me come up with what are my codes in life? What do I want to always be known for? And uh, so it's actually helping me out. So there's not much. I live my life through my, like, my work and home. I mean, they all kind of come out. So remember the code. That's the next big thing. What's your code? White pants. White pants. Always, always do something that scares me every day. That's one of my rules I live by. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. It, it in, in a good week, unless that's been accomplished. Exactly. Well, I love the idea of a code because it, it informs. Um, Jimbo once told me, which I think is spot on, you can't manage the sum of all human behavior. And so you can't take somebody through a safety program where you talk through every scenario and situation that, that's going to come to light. Um, you know, th- th- what was that, Deepwater Horizon? Yeah. Um, they talk about how they trained a million times for a big incident to happen. And um, wh- what you can never anticipate is when um, the, the, uh, the, the scenarios that are leading up to the incident, there's little stops along the way where any given moment somebody could have spoken up and said something, but um, they didn't. And part of that is because you can't train for every unique situation. Right. And so if you can live by a theme of, um, you know, whatever the code becomes, that informs how people navigate each situation each day on a job site. So I, I think that's a pretty brilliant um, notion of developing something like that. Well, I, And I'm, I'm interested to follow that and see what, what, what the input is, what people think, what, what really matters. Because what really matters and people believe is what they're going to do regardless of what we tell them. Right. And because cultural change takes time, we're going to check in with you next Friday and expect for all that to be accomplished. Yeah, I got it. Boom. Done. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Frank, so much for the time. Jimbo. Always Shout out to Matt Hill, who's sitting in quietly with us today. New new, uh, new producer at, at Scott. Hello. <laughs> He's been patient with us. <laughs> He's we'll get, awkward. Get <laughs> yeah. And Frank <laughs> is going to sign off with a little song, just a little... 
He loves to Despacito quieres desnudarte de... Is that it? No, no, be done. Okay, sorry. Come on. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. All right, thanks, everybody. We will catch you next time. Love you guys. Adios. Out. <laughs>